What is good, Divine Pill family? Listen, I love you. I miss you. I see you already picking up what I'm putting down. Um, so grateful to be back in energetic alignment with you. So here's the thing. You know I'm a bookworm, right? So um came across this book last week when I was having my week of quiet and finally figured out a way to get it. Now, this book is going for anywhere from $98 to $198. Long story short, almost gave up. And at the last minute, because um, I tried to download, you need to listen to it on Audible. I decided I would just download it on Audible since I like audiobooks anyways. And um, my phone, y'all, it's time for me to upgrade my phone, apparently. So... Um, when I was canceling the membership, um, went ahead and did that. And then um, in the process, still decided to go ahead and, and look for the book and found it. And I'm able to play from my laptop. It wouldn't let me play it before. But you know me, I'm perseverant. Anyways, so the book I'm reading, and it's going to say it in the, in the headlines there, but I will come back to you. I want to say tomorrow. I'm going to listen to the whole book tonight. Making the Gods Work for You by Caroline Casey. Um, the subtitle is The Astrological Language of the Psyche. And her voice, it sounds like it's a lecture. It sounds like it's a lecture. Um, I kind of, this is going to sound a little bit weird and I'm probably off tangent. It's a woman, but her voice is a little bit like husky on the on the heavier side. But I like it. And it's funny. I don't think she's going to put me to sleep because I'm listening to this. It is 1048. So I'll probably finish around one or two in the morning. I have my notepad out ready. But here's the cool thing. So she talks about Orishas and you know that I'm, I'm going to be going over the um, African goddesses. My favorite, if I were to pick one, because you guys know how I feel about outside deities as opposed to us embodying all of them. My favorite would be Oshun. I guess let's just have the chit chat, right? And But um, I want to remember that the reason I, I'm... I wanted to come on here is because she talks about the natural forces and I wanted to share my experience when I was walking last week. But I would say my favorite is Oshun. I think she's very popular, but a lot of you know that I've done bracelets and um, I, I got the bracelets, but not the bracelets, but like the crystals for myself. And that was a part of my healing process. Um, and so with working on the crystals, um, one of the bracelets that I worked on and it was so pretty, I actually deconstructed it and put it back together. But, um, that was one of my most expensive bracelets. I actually pulled it. I want to say I did pull it back off of the, um, where I was selling it and I decided to keep that one. But I look forward to having a line of um, bracelets that are in alignment with Oshun. And here's the reason why. She is all about opulence and luxury and beauty and um, refinement and um, the finer things, right? And um, one of the things I learned in Christianity was um, I think that people don't really understand that the whole reason for tithes is for advancement like one of the the benefits because see don't get it wrong even though I walked away I'm able to extract the good 
from from my experiences and I take those and I make those my own trust and believe so one of the things I learned from from one of the reasons for tithing is if you start to look at what how tithing was used and how we're going to apply it to Oshun. Oshun for you to put on her altar. And again, like I said, if I were to choose one, it would be Oshun. I don't have an altar for her. Um, but that would be my Orisha of preference. And um, I actually did a podcast on her. And um, um, I think part of it comes down to I'm not very ritualistic in the sense of um, I like to manifest more from my mind. I'm not really an altar person. I used to be a scripter, um, but um, the most you will probably get me to do is probably like can like you know lighting different candles. I do have a money jar. One day I will share with you my money jar. When I tell you, it smells so amazing. I have all kinds of things to accelerate um, money coming to me, and I have lots of money in there. <laughs> Um, and all the different like ingredients that go in, into that, right? That's, that's my money altar, but, um, I'm not really one to really stay confined. I feel like sometimes it, it could be, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, like a little bit limiting belief that I have to have the altar, but let me fine tune why it's important and why it plays a role for you right so here we're talking about oshun and the risha and what i learned from the church so when in the scripture it talks about how you need to bring your offering to the most high and so when you bring your offering to the most high uh notice how i didn't use the other word i kind of like that one like the most high i like that better than um (laughs) <laughs> what I've been brought up with, but um, because I like to say divine source, right? Um, but you have to bring the best, right? You have to bring the best. Um, sometimes you could bring animal, right? And I know some people who are a little bit more orthodox will understand that you don't, you know. Um, you would bring your grains, but there was a story about a guy that bought his grain and whatever. But to stay on track, you would bring the best of your grain, of your um, of your animals. Um, but understand that back in the day, they were agricultural, right? And so if, if like, let's just say worst case scenario, in some instances, if you didn't have like, let's say you didn't buy your dove or whatever, your fish or whatever you're going to bring to the altar. You could turn something in a value to the people at the temple and they would give you a coin. And then you would take that coin to go buy the animal, you know, that was spotless without perfection. So when you start to look at, you know, bringing your best uh, to the storehouse first, your first offerings, that means that you're, you know, when you start to talk about skills and craftsmanship, and um, now you start to look at, well, I wouldn't just, and this is the thing, this is kind of what I think is so funny when I observe people who are still stuck in that, Um, they will be lackadaisical in their skills and their mastery and their craftsmanship and the 10% that they're giving is not their best but they think that because they're giving 10% that they are absolved 
but their poverty mindset and their lack mindset um, and basically ungodliness is keeping them stuck. Now, if you were to really leverage that, you would say, you know, I've used the example of a pen. If you know that you're supposed to give your the first of your offerings to the most high, and you know that you want to sell pens, right? You're going to continue to work on that pen and make sure that it's the best pen, the best quality, the best ink, that it writes well. There's really some really expensive pens out there. I remember um, years back, there was this magazine I used to get with all of these scientific, really cool, fun things. Um, it's like toys for adults, but not not in the bedroom. It's like $300 pens, but it can write upside down underwater. Like when I, I still remember this pen, like the quality of the ink and the material that they used for the ink. And it was just, you would have, this pen was out of this world. Right. And so it's like what you master what it is. And by the time you do that, it is so worthy of presenting it to the most high, only the best material, the best performance. When you have created that, right? Now that is going to be in demand. That pen or whatever it is that you worked on is going to be, you know, it could be a car, it could be a product, it could be a service. It's going to be so of such a high caliber that it's going to be in demand and you can expect top dollar for it. And because you sought to give the best first and it forces you, you having to give it to this you know, to give to the standard of only the best, you know, forces you to perform at a high level, but then it creates demand. I, you know, I I hope that I'm doing justice in explaining it because I kind of, I came up with this myself. I didn't get it from anyone else. I got it after I came out of the church because I'm always reflecting on what is the true purpose of the the tithe. So now when you look at um, the Orisha Oshun, you know, you think of, okay, well, she's going to want gold and fine jewelry and citrine and um, gems and pearls and satin and velvet and rose and the sweetest honey, manuka honey. Like, let me tell you, manuka honey is expensive, but you dare not put anything less than manuka honey for the altar of um, Oshun, right? And um, she likes things that have to do with, it's one of those things where you don't come to her altar unless you are freshly bathed and rose scented and sweet smelling and presentable and groomed and right. And so, but what happens is now, the more that you rise to the standard of what she calls from you, okay, the more you aspire to hit the highest frequency, now you're introducing those things into your life because now you're masterminding, how can I bring, you know, a bar of gold to um, Oshun? But now if you can bring one bar of, of gold to Oshun, you have figured out how to magnetize and attract money to you. And then now you can replicate that process over and over and over and it forces you to say, well, if I'm only going to have a um, a thousand thread, 
you know, a thousand count thread or a pure satin, you know, linen to put over the table for Oshun's altar, you're going to have to mastermind some way to generate income, right? To buy her that. But in the process of you masterminding how to bring her the best, you have developed the qualities and the manifestation skills and the mindset and whatever it is that you need to attract that. But you can replicate it over and over and over. And so it's like, that's how working with these deities allows you to 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 perform. That's my interpretation of it. Um, I'm somewhat detached, but I understand the principles of it and I appreciate them for what they are, right? So if I'm going to choose a favorite, it's going to be Oshun, but let me just wrap up here. Um, but like I said, I will come back in earlier in the morning to early uh, in a couple hours and kind of just share my the rest of my book with you. But last week, um, you guys know I've been doing the 10,000 steps a day, anywhere between five and 10. Today actually is one of the first days since I've started that I didn't, I wasn't feeling too good per se. Probably will go out tomorrow and and start somewhere around five or 6,000 steps. But in the process, I had forgotten that rain was in the forecast. You guys know I check early in the morning. If it's 43 degrees, I'm not going outside. Just forget about it. Although I have found that sometimes it will warm up later in the day. So I had checked the forecast and it was, um, had forecasted for rain and I had kind of forgotten. And, um, this happened two days in a row. I went outside and when I went outside, it had just started raining and I said, I'm going to test the elements. Right. And I said, I put my hand out and I did a motion and I said, stop raining. And I, and so I, I walked around another block and I just like tuned into the frequency and how I was commanding the, the, the ethers and, and the stuff around me. And, and then, um, I fine tuned it and I said, stop rainy until I walk, I'm done walking. And it stopped. That was the first day. And the first day was coming down pretty heavy. And I paid attention to everything that was happening around me in the in nature when I did that and what that meant. It also gave me a level of respect too, because sometimes I think when we manifest things, we have to think about, um, and there were other conversations coincidentally with my family that we were talking about, you know, we want to manifest things, but you get to a level of consciousness where you say for the greatest good of all. And I took into account that this would affect my neighbors and this would affect that, that area that I was in. And I fine tuned it to where it was like, for this area that I'm walking, it's okay if it rains around me, you know, but just for this one moment in time, like, let me just finish in an hour and I'll be done type of a thing. Right. But, um, and like I said, it stopped, Right. And then the next day I went out and it was raining a little bit lighter. Um, and it was one of those things too. I was actually walking and it started to rain and I just put my hand out again. and I did the like, you know, seizing and I said, stop. And I was just at that point, I knew the frequency of what it meant to, you know, just for that area, for that moment in time, for the highest good of all. Um, and that I would be done shortly and it stopped right? And you could look up and see the rain clouds and everything. And 
the second time, like the sun came through the clouds. It was so beautiful, right? But um, I say all of that to say I'm listening to this book, Making the Gods Work for You. And I can tell you, let me see if it says a description. Yeah, let me click on this. Um, here's why it's so exciting. Um, oh yeah, this, this writing of it doesn't do it justice. Let me see. Um, cause this will save time on the next podcast. Let me see. Um, it was so nice how they wrote it. The description, let me see if it's on here. Is it this one? The other book I want to get you guys is You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor. Why is that book like 200 bucks? But yes, the tab is here. It's in my Amazon cart. Um, Y'all, you know how I do. Let me Google it. Um, Making the gods work for you. Um... Let me see, do I have time? Let me click on the description. Is it this one? It was so well written. Oh yeah, I think it's here it is. So it says, presents internationally renowned renowned author, Caroline W. Casey's remarkable doctrine of, and I love this, this is so rich visionary activist astrology okay and one of the phrases that she also used i took a note on this is um she talks about drawing on support larger than ourselves but she also talks about um i obviously didn't write it down in my she's i hope she says it again (laughs) um my bad um but if i were to summarize it it would be kind of like using the forces to create good around you, right? Very positive. It says in this relevantly, reverently, and this was another thing that just tickled me, in this reverently irreverent mystery school disguised as a book in which each of the planetary gods is a professor, we are invited to think of our lives as a spiritual detective novels, right? And I love it just that sentence alone because y'all know sometimes if I were to describe some of the things I'm saying it can feel a little bit irreverent but I do have a reverence for it you have to understand my placements between my south node and my north node it's very much from me going from the woo-woo I believe to I analyze right so if anybody's going to be woo-woo it's going to be me but I'm analyzing and sometimes I can be a little bit irreverent. So I just love it. It says irreverently irreverent mystery school guided as a book. And, um, it, like I said, it sounds like it's a lecture. It's not actually a book if you are interested in it. Um, and I'm listening to audible right now, but it says in which each of the planetary gods is a professor, which is interesting because I was listening to, I think it's called the astrology podcast. And they were talking about all the different energies at the time that I'm recording this, there's been talk about Pluto and just even with the timing, um, of us going into some are saying world war three and what's going on with Putin and, um, Russia and Ukraine 
all in timing with with Pluto's placement right now and a lot of the things that we're going through right now um the planets are in the same placement that they were when we were pre-pandemic and also around the time that um there were some wars and the HIV um breakout and the AIDS breakout type of a thing so very interesting right but i i'm going to like it because i it talks about the planetary gods as a professor right and I love, you know, again, think of our lives as spiritual detective novels. So here I am, I analyze, right? That's my North Node. I analyze. So the invitation, we are invited to think of our lives as spiritual detective novels. This is my language. <laughs> this this is just perfect for my soul. And it says, for example, Venus teaches us that our affinities and quirks are clueless to our unique Woo! Let me correct that. For example, Venus teaches us that our affinities and quirks are clues. Okay? Our affinities and quirks are clues to our unique mission and contribution to the world. The funny thing is, Venus, a lot of us think, oh, it's about love and sex and romance. No. Teaches us about our affinities, quirks, clues to our unique mission and contribution to the world. Wow. The astrological language of the psyche is a tool for deciphering and revitalizing the sense of mission. Casey teaches you how to expand your range of intimacy with the 10 parts of yourself presented by the planets here called gods. Whoa, this is going to be so good. <laughs> you will learn how to use this language to reverence. Y'all, I'm going to be coming back to you really reverent and holy. You will learn how to use this language to reverence and feed the forces of your psyche that connect you to a very real to very real external forces. This book intends to catalyze a movement. Ooh, I love that. Catalyze to improve, to advance, to further. This book intends to catalyze a movement to engage the imagination of all people with a sense of humor. And y'all, I, I love humor. I love to laugh, especially for how dark and, and sometimes things can get. Oh, that's why I really love people that can make us laugh. I, I'm going to love this book so much. It says, a desire to do collaborative good in the world. And again, this is so cool because if you've been listening with me and I can see that where I'm already starting to get my regular followers. So, hey, how you doing? Hope's all good. You good? All right. You good. Good. Um, one of the words that came up with the traits for divine feminine was collaboration, right? Collaborative. And so this one talks about to engage the imagination of all people with a sense of humor and a desire to do collaborative good in the world. It says, expanding on the ideas first presented in her popular audio tape series, oh wow, okay, inner and outer space, Casey explores archetypes at the heart of human relationships, aspirations, and spiritual quests. In an engaging narrative enlivened by stories, fables, exercises, and meditations developed through her work as an astrological counselor she provides a practical system of personal and collective liberation dude you cannot make this up 
Remember when I pulled from the card for Divine Feminines and a bunch of cards fell out and one of them that came out was Liberation. It was Kali. It was actually the second one. Here it is. Collective Liberation. <laughs> you cannot make this crap. This is not crap. You cannot make this up. It says, making the gods work for you provides us with innovative principles to live by. Mm. and rituals inviting us to become active, dynamic participants in the dance of life. And so what they mean by dynamic is you are active, you are moving, you are a life force, you are in motion. That's what they mean by dynamic participants in the dance of life. You, We can then become increasingly conscious players on the team of creation capable of sharing our gifts with the world at this crucial historical time. Oh, wow. So it goes on more from the inside of the flap. Casey teaches you how to expand your range of intimacy. Yeah, we already, okay. So that's kind of the same thing that's inside the flap about the author. Wow, you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can already tell. I'm going to so love this book. I already know. This is kind of like the trailer to the book. Better to create prophecy than to live predictions. Whoa. OMG, you guys. This is kind of like speaking to me as an oracle. Better to create prophecy than to live predictions. The word prediction comes from the same root as predicament, which is nearly always something unpleasant. Prophecy, however, implies collaboration with the divine in order to co-create the most interesting, ingenious, and loving world possible. Our work together is thus a profit-sharing venue. Okay, so I will learn. In service to that goal, this book is an invitation to experiment, engage, and form alliances with forces that reside within our psyches. These forces connect us to very real corresponding external sources of support, which we will call gods. We need all the help we can get. True help is always reciprocal. Whatever we help serves us. The word therapy means healing, but its original meaning was to serve the gods. Similarly, the Mayan word for human meant we owe the gods. We serve the gods internally and externally in a dance of reciprocal generosity. When we work for the gods, they work for us. And that's interesting. That's me revisiting, like I said, I've left the church and I've shared my views on on how to use the deities, but this, you know, might help me a little bit with where I'm at and how I view things. So it says through, and I know I'm, I'm almost going to run out of time, so I'll write, read until we run out of time here. It says, through invocative essays, this book aspires to expand your range of intimacy with the God forces present represented by the 10 planetary bodies other than the earth, including the sun and the moon. We first summon these gods by simply thinking about them in our in their myriad, in their myriad um, mythological guises. In each planetary chapter, you will encounter the gods through myths and stories. You will also be given contemplations and rituals you can enact to collaborate with these creative forces in your life. Ritual brings the myth alive and vitalizes the dance with the archetype. 
through which the specifically nuanced energy of the universe flows. Ritual further allows us to transcend passivity and become active agents in creating our own lives. And so that's basically, remember when I was talking about how, you know, when you bring the best of your tenth, of your tides, or when you go through the, it says rituals further allow us to transcend passivity passivity being passive when you're actively going out to bring the best things to Oshun, getting the expensive honey getting the gold getting the fine jewelry getting the gems getting the fine linen you are coming up with ways to bring that into your life and so here it is rituals further allow us to transcend passivity and become active agents in creating our own lives right that's explaining what i was trying to get across it says each planet has its own mode of expression, so each chapter will have its own atmosphere, nuance, and structure. Begin by diving into the zodiac and then swim into the planets. If anything seems too complex or the terminology seems too, astrolo- too astrological, simply let it wash over you. You will absorb and retain what is most useful to you now. All that is required to profit and profit fully from this book is a sense of humor and a desire to do good in the world. And the word here is profit, which is like P-R-O-F-I-T and profit, P-R-O-F-E-T, which is really great because I'm about profit money and profit oracle, right? And love the sense of humor. It says, this is neither a textbook nor a self-help book, but rather a guide to self-cultivation and gleeful participation in the larger world. No less is expected from you, O playful reader, as you embark on this journey to which your soul will travel through obstacles and recollect its destiny in order to become a creator. Together we will stoke the fires of our imaginations and awaken our potential to become co-creators of a new emerging mythos, a synthesis of collective aspirations. Absolutely beautiful. So that's what I'll be doing for the early wee waking hours. And I will share this absolutely with you moving forward. All right. So until the next pretty podcast, peace.